everyone. Welcome to the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional written specifically for homeschooling moms, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You also know that I often like to share just great resources. And one of my favorite resources is Homeschooling Today magazine. So I'd love for you just to listen in for a minute to find out a little bit more about this great resource. Many of us are homeschooling, struggling learners. It can be easy to feel like we're not qualified, but I firmly believe that we are in fact the best facilitators of our kids' education. No one loves and cares for our kids like we do, and no one is more invested in their future. I always say God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Because He has called us to this, He will equip us. I also think that sometimes we make things more difficult than we need to. I believe that God can give us simple, effective strategies and resources that allow us to relax and enjoy our kids, whether they're struggling learners or not. One of the things I love to do on the podcast, I mentioned this before, is to connect moms with great resources. So I am excited about our guest today. We're going to be talking about identifying and correcting blocked learning gates in your child. Um, But the person that I've invited on to share is Diane Kraft. Some of you may know who she is, um, but she's devoted to making learning easier for kids of all ages. She is the president of her consulting firm, Child Diagnostics Incorporated in Denver, and is considered the leader in alternative teaching strategies by several teaching universities. Diane has a master's degree in special education and is a certified natural health professional. She has over 25 years experience teaching bright children who have have to work too hard to learn. After working in both public school and homeschool settings, Diane has developed the successful three-pronged approach to reducing and eliminating learning glitches. Those three prongs are brain integration therapy, right brain teaching strategies, and targeted nutritional interventions. She's designed the Craft Right Brain Readers and a Right Brain Reading Program for children with dyslexia and other reading problems. Parents across the country have seen their children overcome learning struggles using these tools. And just a little side note, I am actually currently using these tools with our son right now. But as a nutritionist, Diane also specializes in natural treatments for kids with sensory processing dysfunction and focus attention issues. You'll find her teaching strategies are lighthearted and fun. Kids love them. Now we have, like I said, we've been using these ourselves at, at our house and I will have to say that they are fun and they are so simple. And so I am excited to be able to connect um, these uh, tools to you moms. and. Um, So welcome, Diane. I'm so glad that you're here today. My great pleasure. Well, I am excited because the first thing we're going to be talking about, we're actually going to be doing two podcasts. The first one is um, going to be on identifying and correcting blocked learning gates in your child. And so I am just going to step back and I'm going to give you the platform and let you share um, your wisdom. And I just, I love that you have so much experience with this and have seen such great success. I think one of the things that I 
has really just connected and resonated with me is is how you say it doesn't have to be hard. It can be simple. God doesn't, he's not trying to overload us with more than we can handle. And he, it's just like him to give us something simple and inexpensive, but effective. You're right. God is so good. He's always looking for seeking ways to get blessings to us. And I think it's in in, uh, Mark where he says that there's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. So we need to ask. Remember God's telephone number, Jeremiah 33.3, where he picks up actually. Our teenagers don't pick up. You know, when we call them, you know, we have to text, but God picks up. (laughs) (laughs) He says, call on me and I will, guess what? Answer Mm. you. So he picks Mm. up and I'll show you things that you've never thought of before so we take him at his word remember everything's about faith and so we just say thank you thank you father for showing us things that we didn't know before that's how i came to learn all of these wonderful interventions that so much smarter people than i am came up with and learn how to how to use them in a classroom and in homeschooling in a short setting and see these powerful results i am just so grateful that that 25 years ago when i said god i'll do whatever you want me to do but help me know how to help these wonderful kids who are working too hard mm-hmm. i'd already mm-hmm. had a master's degree in special education but now of course i've taught many courses um like that and we teach courses to physical therapists and occupational therapists and all of that now we we realize that that wasn't in our curriculum so many years ago and it still isn't we mainly learned our strategies with curriculum we're going to show you how the brain works and it's so wonderful when i learned them i just that lights went on all over mm. and god gave mm-hmm. me the opportunity and the audience to use this with, which were, I always called my kids when they came in, my little Vic, I mean, helpers who were going to learn. (laughs) Yeah, it does sometimes feel like they're an experiment, Mm, doesn't it? it? Right, exactly. (laughs) But since it was all fun, and mm-hmm. I almost felt like I had nothing to lose because these wonderful sure. kids who came to me uh, in the resource rooms had, like with my sixth graders, 2.2 in the Woodcock Johnson, second grade, mm-hmm. second month in reading. And they had had good teachers all their life. They'd had good programs, good phonics, good tiles, good interventions, wonderful parents. But what was the block? And that was my mm-hmm. question to God. He said, if we ask things in faith, we'll get them. That didn't mean I didn't need to travel to learn. Mm-hmm. And that didn't mm-hmm. mean I didn't That's need right. to sell my car. So we had the money <laughs> to pay for this when we were just homeschooling, you know, one income. But and mm-hmm. all the brain uh, uh, classes were $1,000 because people were flying in from all over. And this is like wow. 25 years ago. I'm, I'm not very old. It just happens to be a lot of years accumulated there somehow. <laughs> But it was just fantastic to see that we are not just a head walking around. We are attached to a body. And now the things that we found out, uh, so much so even nutritionally and in the, um, the, uh, the literature that we're reading, Dr. Jacqueline Storty's book about LCP solution, why dyslexia, dysgraphia, and um, all, the, all the disses belong to families, families that are low in essential fatty acids, learn the power of of, uh, oils for the brain, which is why I went on to become a nutritionist. We also Mm -hmm. know that it gets caught in the muscles. In other words, we somehow get a muscle memory for um, for, uh, inability to track real well. And that we can use the body to change signals to the brain. 
We know the brain sends signals to the body, but it's reciprocal. Who knew okay. that? Do you know that we special ed teachers who go into the field because we really want to make a difference with kids, but we need new tools because we just can't do slower, louder, multiple repetitions. No, right, otherwise, right. that's what we sort of learned. And then we learned mm-hmm. about phonics and the phonemes and the tiles, and that gave us one piece. But that was just one leg of the stool, not enough again to springboard them into at grade level and above, which is actually the expectation that, that I had. And so we, he, God just shows us all the different things, but the body is very much a part of it. And so my some of my favorite people to work with in the classroom after I was finished homeschooling my son, he was my first big, I mean, student to work mm-hmm. with. And uh, <laughs> at first I, he, you know, he said, oh, mom, I don't want to do these crazy exercises. I said, what if I pay you 10 each time. I said, okay. And he was 14. <laughs> <laughs> Bribery is wonderful. I'm not oh, above that funny. by any means. Oh. And so anyway, about the after the third or fourth time, he said, Mom, you don't have to pay me anymore because before we did these exercises, the words always mm-hmm. jumped all over for me. Mm-hmm. And now they mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't so- know that. So yeah, tell us about the power of the midline, because these are exercises I'm doing with Silas at home, these midline exercises. And moms, I'm telling you, it's so simple. The whole thing only takes like 20 minutes a day. Um, But tell us like what happens when the kids are doing these particular exercises. That's a perfect thing. I love to say that we're going to teach moms that it doesn't have to be so hard to learn and it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be so expensive. You know, it used right. to be if you had a, a uh, diagnosis of dyslexia, you were into thousands of dollars of therapy on not so. Oh, absolutely. that I, I talk to moms all the time who just found out that their child has been diagnosed with dyslexia and they're completely overwhelmed with all the supposed options out there. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons I was excited to do this podcast. I know because, it. And it, it's, it's yeah. really irreverent to say, but then, you know, when you get to be my age, irreverent is kind of, you know, it's, it's subjective. It's, it's <laughs> <the norm>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it is easy peasy. In other mm-hmm. words, we have our five steps out of dyslexia. And the only reason I have the guts, you know, basically to say that is because I'm like the, I was blind and now I can see. Right. You know? So are you saying that dyslexia is something that can be it's corrected? not permanent. Yes. Okay. But they do okay. find when they're coming down with the flu or have a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a cold coming on or some, you know, discombobulation right. to the body that right. all of a sudden, whoop, the letters will flip. They turn their sure. golf club the wrong way. Oh, you know, all of a sudden, whoop, wow. left becomes right, on becomes no, yeah. yesterday okay. becomes today. All of those right. things. So what are we looking at? The power of the midline. Oh, how I saw so wish that I had known this when I started out in my teaching career. I think of all those wonderful kids that I did the workbooks and the multiple this, and sure, they made progress, of course, but we didn't leap. We didn't get them to right. read, and they right. were all average IQ, and even if they're not average IQ, we get them to read. So, well, and I thought, it, yeah, I thought it was interesting because I read your experience, and you had been working with um, with kids with struggling struggling learners for like ten years before you discovered this whole midline. Yes. So, tell us about the power of the midline. The what, is power, that, what does that even mean? The power of the midline is who knew? Who knew that the midline was going to be the driver with this? What that means is we have, as we know, two hemispheres to our 
brain, separated mm -hmm. or connected by the corpus callosum, that wonderful middle area where we get signals from the left brain to the right brain. And right. Uh, we'd never had thought about the brain. We just thought about reading, but we're going to look mm -hmm. about the brain. And we know these are just, this is why we went into nutrition, by the way, is because we learned that the brain is uh, 60% fat and the, mm -hmm. it's uh, mainly DHA, docosahexanoic acid, getting two places, mother's milk and in uh, fish oil. And oh, wow. so, yeah, we can increase connections a lot. But what we found out for these guys, that when they would um, reverse, let's say in reading, visually, mm -hmm. eye tracking, mm -hmm. you know, normally we track from left to right. We're, that's our brain isn't wired for that because if they were in Israel, they'd read right to left and Japan top down. Mm -hmm. Sure, but what sure. Do we do? Yeah, it's something that's taught. Right, we train it, and but we train it in a little while. So the left brain is the concentrating brain. It's supposed to travel over into the right brain, which is the automatic doing brain. So you concentrate on it, then later on you can do it. Think of driving. At first you concentrate on driving, mm -hmm. don't you? You don't turn mm -hmm. on the radio, nobody can talk to you. You are yeah. concentrating on driving. Our child concentrating on riding a bike for the first time, going around mm -hmm. the circle, riding, riding, don't talk. But then you know when it's gone in the automatic hemispheres, created that little bridge, gone to the right brain, which is automatic hemisphere, all of a sudden they can talk and ride a bike at the same time. You can talk and drive, all of that. that so what I'm hearing you say is that these, this, these midline exercises help the left brain connect to the right they brain. They do. In fact, someone, mm -hmm. Delicata, way back in the 50s, re realized that the crawling that we do, that God set mm -hmm. up for us to mm -hmm. go into the next next phase of speech and all the things that require two hemispheres that we would do naturally crawling. And you can see now that we can do EKGs and put on electrodes and everything and read what's going on in the brain. When we do the cross crawl standing up or in any mm -hmm. way, we are activating the left and right hemisphere. So now we're going to use that information and target it for visual processing. So the eyes mm -hmm. moving left to right can become mm -hmm. automatic. Because I remember I had Mac, was one of the young boys who came to me as a sixth grader. And uh, they brought him in the summer. I always asked if I could see the guys in the summer so I could get my, my groups according to their need versus grade or anything. What do we need to do together? So Mac was... Had, was poor reader. Yeah, so many of them are considered what they call slow learners or low IQ. Oh, we'll talk about mm -hmm. that. Oh, that's really an auditory processing problem that mm -hmm. really we find mm -hmm. we can change that. But what what he with him, so they said, we don't know what's going on. I was just learning this, you know, this is 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I had this mm -hmm. information, but I didn't know how powerful it was. I did not right. know the power of the midline. And that is the word we're going to say over and over again until we get it down into our, our automatic our power mm -hmm. of the midline. Always look at that. So what we, what we found is that I tracked his eyes and he jumped, 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 jumped. And I thought his eyes jumped as I as I put a pencil and just tracked mm -hmm. it. And I said, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Mac, don't wonder. Reading is hard. A U wants to be an N. So they do, you know, vertical and, and lateral reversals. I said, no wonder it's so hard for you. Well, so I told the people, I'll be happy to have him in my classroom. I know that if nothing else, I can take care of that. And of course, right. we ended up being able to do all sorts of things. We find that. So we do the body exercises. Dr. Paul Dennis, it's so many people. This is Dr. 
Diamond, whoops, sorry, we had a great big noise there, but everything's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a painting fell down from the wall. Oh, Just no. everyday stuff. So, right. <laughs> so anyway, we found out that we can take the body, move it in various ways that is very specific to crossing the midline. And when mm-hmm. we do, when they do EKGs, they see real movement going between the two hemispheres. And these little homolateral kids, like when they want to do what I call homolateral, homo means same, lateral means side. When they, we ask them to do the cross crawl, which is touching the right hand to the left knee, and the, that should over, by four years old, that should be um, easy. They, they just do same side, same side. Mm-hmm. So I always tell mm-hmm. my teachers, they said, you know, if you, when they'll say, the kindergarten teacher will say, we have more immature ki- kindergartens this year than we ever have. And I said, well, let me just see. Let's have them do the cross crawl. Yep, most of them were homolateral. And I say, mm. great. They came to the right school and the right people because we know the so, answer to this. Yeah, so why, why is it just that they're not making that connection they're from one side of the brain? making the connection. And, and is there a reason that I mean, it's it, it seems like maybe I'm I'm completely wrong, but if if they've got more kids coming in like that, do, do you have any idea what that would be coming from? Well, we do. We can speculate for sure because we do know for one thing, uh, we've uh, probably changed our fats like crazy. Everything's right, either low right. fat or and nobody gets right. cod liver oil anymore. No one does any right. kind of real butter, <laughs> and so the the brain is made of fat, and and that is just a, such a very important piece. Okay. However. Right. Um, I, early antibiotic intervention when the mom's pregnant mm-hmm. or when the little dad takes a hit. Now, we not mm-hmm. like we don't use antibiotics. We're grateful for them because they save mm-hmm. lives. But they mm-hmm. change uh, the character of the gut. And now we sure. know in, in biology behavior, we talk about the fact that the gut is the second brain. And so right. um, we've changed our diet. We've, I wouldn't say that kids aren't playing outside as much. I don't think that's the etiology of it. I believe it is chemical. But bottom mm-hmm. line, all I know is from here on, God's given us an answer. We yeah, could absolutely. spend a lot of time in yes. history and it makes yeah. no change. But we it could spend anything, five yes. minutes doing a crossing the midline and we see a change. Right. So that's kind of where I go. But I, I agree with you. It would be so nice to know so we could avoid it. The LCP solution by Dr. Jacqueline Storty. It's just a wonderful book to get. And uh, we can put that down in our notes because she mm-hmm. they found in, in reality with our families that have a dyslexic because we found that um, three out of uh, four uh, it would be boys. So all of this affects boys three times as, as much as mm-hmm. girls. And when we mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. it, testosterone is not a fatty carrier. You know, if you've ever dieted mm-hmm. and found out, you know, you, you lose weight. I mean, your husband loses weight and you gain weight. So in other right, words, right. but estrogen is. It's a fatty right. carrier. So we don't see mm-hmm. in all of my years of working with these bright, hardworking kids who had to work too hard to learn. I had very few girls. We really bonded mm-hmm. when we were in class mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. yeah, we weren't very many of us. Right, but right. Most- well, and it's interesting because I I had read years ago that um, making sure that uh, – something like cod liver oil or um, omega-3s and omega-6s for boys was especially, and DHA, I think, yes. those were those were all super important to keep their brain functioning um, normally. And I thought, I thought that was really interesting. And so it ties in with what you're, what you're saying as well. So yeah, lots of different reasons that, that, that kids could be landing in this spot, but again, not something that's not 
correctable uh, and correctable. Mm-hmm. I think that's the point we want to make. That's moms, the bottom is that line. Is and mm-hmm. when we hear, in fact, I've spent the last week talking to moms. Probably every hour I had a consultation because here in Denver, Czech had their um, their homeschool right. convention right. and they offered right. uh, you know that we could give free consultations and it was just wonderful. And as we did, it was just so incredible to hear over and over again these very same things. And that, then mm-hmm. I could confidently tell them, and I only do because. I have experienced it for so many years. And and it's not just me because one of the... uh, teachers and the director of special ed at first said, well, Mrs. Crouch just has a personality to bring it. I thought, oh, well, I wish. <laughs> Don't have that kind of charisma. But what I know is I have knowledge because I ask God for it. And the midline mm-hmm. is just huge. And so mm-hmm. certainly we want to give oils to our boys and we want to do all of those fats. And when we talk a little bit later about right brain strategies, mm-hmm. um, we're going to you know, always superimpose it. But otherwise we just say, start these and see right. and you're going to see a difference and right, hang in right. and let us know if you don't because mm-hmm. we've always seen that to be true so what we know is well i everything that i i speak of not only is of course they say well there's no research for it there is plenty of research out there about the midline a lot of mm-hmm. research besides mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. all anecdotal stories remember i was blind sure. and now i can see it right. reminds me of janet Janet was a tall girl, very quiet, came to my sixth grade class. And again, they wanted to know where was the fit. And I worked with her a little bit. And Janet had such an auditory processing problem that she could only count to 18. You know, all the kids in the block would play mm-hmm. hide and seek. She could only count past, count past 18. That's one of our 10 auditory channels that can be blocked is sequencing. Mm-hmm. So that was really mm-hmm. blocked for her. And of course, then they come out low um, working memory, which means low IQ. And then they put them in a different slot. And none of that is is uh, permanent from what we have found. So anyway, right. she also, of course, reading was really hard for her. And I said, yeah, yeah, have her join my class. We're doing midline exercises. This would be wonderful to see um, how, it, remember, the name of the word is on the left side. The meaning of the words on the right, she wasn't connecting. So she couldn't remember her sight words, couldn't remember her phonemes, sure, all the good sure, things. Sure. So anyway, at the end of the year, she said, Mrs. Kraft, my dad belongs to a, oh, can't remember the club. It's like Rotary Club, but right, something right. like that where she was going to receive a prize because she got in the school the most improved in reading, etc. Oh, she said, and they want great. me to say something. What do I tell them? I said, just tell them what it was like when you looked at words before or you tried to remember numbers before and mm-hmm. that it was hard and all you know is easy now. So, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. did, and that's about as simple as it is. I, I, so it just came back to doing those midline exercises. It was the power of the midline. Mm-hmm. We did mm-hmm. them when the kids came in um, for, let's say, a reading session, and I normally had them about 45 minutes. So mm-hmm. parents think, oh, we don't have, we can't have time to add onto our day. Oh, we're not going to add. We are going to thread this into our day. Mm-hmm. So it's just sure. part of it. It is, just doesn't, in fact, I got, we got through this so much longer. I was teaching so many of my fellow teachers after that, you know, they'd be across the hall. What are you doing with those exercises? And why is this one reading? And he can spell the words backwards. And now what are you doing? So well, let me right. just tell you. So anyway, right. um, doing the midline exercises, it does not take long. They would come into for my reading class. Let's say in mm-hmm. elementary, I'd have about five kids. If I was teaching middle school, a resource room, it would be about 10. And we would all together stand up. We'd do our cross crawl. 
we're just touching the, the hand to the knee just to warm up mm -hmm. the brain. Remember the brain, the proprioceptor muscles will affect the signals in the brain and make crossovers. That's the part we have to believe. The part that mm -hmm. our body is designed in a, in a heterolateral way and we need to, we can make things easy. And so we mm -hmm. would do the uh, that and then we would do the I eat exercise, which is mm -hmm. um, where we would cross the midline very carefully, telling the mm -hmm. eyes, using the proprioceptor muscles again, to tell the occipital area of the brain, work together for those eyes, have them, and at first they jump all over, and parents say, mm -hmm. how can I do this as eyes jump? I say, trust me, by Christmas they won't be jumping. But right, you just right. got to hang in. And then we do an ear. So we we put our shoulder on mm -hmm. our ear and cross the midline. And then we do, we know the back part of the brain is a receptive brain. The front part is the expressive. So our kids with like mm -hmm. selective mutism or with, can't bring the words forward, we have them do the toe touch. So because some mm -hmm. of that gets caught on the Achilles tendon area. They get so interesting. So interesting. And then we sit down and do the most powerful exercise there is that I am still learning to this day the power of the writing eight exercise. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, basically, 40 years ago, created by Dr. Getman, an optometrist. And we mm -hmm. do that and we sit down where we, we have an eight uh, laying on its side about by 17 inches across shoulder width. And then we we do a, a going around the track three times. My boys, my eighth graders, I had a gifted class twice, exceptionals many times. And uh, they would, they said, you know, we tried pencil, we tried a marker bled through so they just got a, a crayon and we would do three times around crossing the midline keeping their body right in the center putting that mm -hmm. non-writing hand right in the center and I have mm -hmm. so many OTs and PTs doing this for their practicums and sending us their papers and videos because, because we do it for credit. It is so fascinating to see so many things change when the eye, it's like the hand wants to heal the brain. I mean, talk about simple, right. but you know, being born again is simple. We just have to give our life to him mm -hmm. and sit. Mm -hmm. We thought it had to be harder. We had to be perfect. Well, this is pretty right. simple too. So we, yeah. and then we go, when we do that three times around flow, remember the right brain we think about as as Hawaii, left brain as mm -hmm. New York. So it's mm -hmm. like Hawaii. In other words, random, don't think about it. That's what we do. And then we put the letters of the alphabet on there. Then we would say A. We say it out loud with our mouth so our mm -hmm. ears hear it. And then we go on and three times around we do that a through z and the letters aren't because they don't know their alphabet because my basketball players do this in fact we have videos of them doing the writing eight so they could make their three pointers right right so you're saying it's not even just uh, learning struggles it's more better coordination things like that I, I know you told me a story that there was an athlete that was doing that simply to because he wanted to just like move he was he was wanting to get better at what he was doing and he was having a hard time kind of getting past it. And he, so he started doing these exercises. Exactly. They figured that out mm -hmm. themselves. In fact, he had done it for his writing. And he said, okay. you know what? I noticed my basketball, my, my, mm. I, my shots are getting so much easier. So he was doing layups really well, but mm -hmm. he's, then they were going wow. into a tournament. And then he said, oh, I need to do three pointers. And he did. And he got so much better at it. We even have a, like a driving school here in Denver and they often will send us a teenager. And they said, oh, we love Joey, but no one will get in a car with him. None of my yeah. instructors will. Said, because he can't stay in the lane. Will you do that crazy mm. eight thing with him? I said, sure. So we did crazy it. Crazy eight. <laughs> I've been called crazy in many other ways. That's another one way. 
But so mm -hmm. we, anyway, we we did it with them, and they said, "Fine, he can stay in the center." So what we for parents it's important to know that. They have the that child is telling you, Mom, I have not internalized directionality. I don't mm -hmm. have a strong plumb line. So that's why in math they don't line up there. That's when you have right. to do graph paper. And all my kids mm -hmm. came with graph paper. And I said, Oh, I'm so grateful that your teacher accommodated your you know, the fact that midline and straight up and down wasn't their game and is helping you. But I said, But let's see, I think by the end of the year that graph paper is gonna be on the floor. You know, nothing gets in the wastebasket, of course. And so anyway. <laughs> Way it is. So I love the accommodations, mm -hmm. but my goal, if I can make that midline strong, they do not need accommodations for college. We don't have to do we it for the ACT. Exactly. And that's the whole idea. Yeah, it's we, just we don't need to continue to wear uh, lenses that are different color. For a little while, we put a plastic, sure. you know, um, colored transparency over reading, but not forever. Because it's all mm -hmm. just a matter of, think we call it disconnected kids. They became right. we're just 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 connecting what isn't connected, and it's it's. I love the simplicity of that, and I love the fact that these basic exercises can cover such a gamut. <gasps> Amazing issues. So amazing. In fact, I have something. I'm just going to read. This is probably a little bit out of order, but you know, remember, right brain's random. So for you left brainers, <laughs> this does not follow, but it's going to be great. So I had, remember I told you that we have for many years, we've taught them as graduate level courses for uh, teachers who, and speech uh, therapists who are getting their continuing education. And so then they, they practice this, send us papers. And now we have, um, if you go to otptcourses.com, you'll find that the brain integration therapy is one of the classes you can take. And so at any rate, they work with their students for six weeks. They work with two of them and they give us their um, the results. They are so well written. And anyway, so I get to learn so much more about in the world out there, how other people are putting this into practice. They must have that mm -hmm. same charismatic personality, do you mm -hmm. think? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I think it's interesting because we're not looking, we don't want to change our children. We just, and who that God made them. But at the same time, there's just, there's things that we can do as parents to help them you know, uh, thrive and They flourish. got disconnected. If their shoes aren't mm -hmm. tied, you tie them. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what's right. going on. Exactly. Their shoelaces exactly. are untied. Yeah. And I think also not looking at our kids as something that is a project that needs to be fixed. Like, <laughs> that's always, looking, always what they know, say. <laughs> yeah. Just look at them as this is God's creation. This child is fearfully and wonderfully made. He is wired exactly this way for a reason. God, how can we help him flourish and be everything that you've called him to be? And, and I in think that Jesus process, had the ultimate connections. Mm -hmm, There's no downside. Mm -hmm. I do this writing eight every day. Because mm -hmm, I have found it mm -hmm. organizes my thoughts. Remember, mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. you don't have a strong plumb line, everything gets disorganized. You look right. a lot more like you have ADD and ADHD because right. all your thoughts are all over. So mm -hmm. anyway, this is one of the teachers. She just said, after several weeks of doing the writing eight exercise during my six daily exercises. So 
I always did the exercises with my kids. So if, it isn't a matter of fixing or not fixing. Let's just enhance this incredible, wonderful brain that we have. And let's right. get rid exactly. of the reversals. Reversals take too much energy for them. When parents say, oh, well, they only reverse once in a while. I say, if you saw a reversal one time when they're writing, that means there are five other times they had to consider that. And think mm. about it before they wrote. It said, that's a lot of work. That's a battery energy that's going down. So then they can't learn more words. Mm-hmm. Then they, get, they break down and whine for, for writing for a real reason. Because mm-hmm. they have to think about so many more things that nobody else does. That's so correctable. Mm-hmm. Do you see how that kind of drives me crazy when I hear oh, that? Absolutely. We're making the, having them practice their B's and D's. I said, I don't care about the B or the D, except that it's a wonderful benchmarker for us. Mm-hmm. Because if we mm-hmm. don't see they'll go away, then we know they're having to work at many things that require lining right. up in this world. One of which right. is math, another which is writing, another which is driving. So this teacher, this is what she learned when she did these daily exercises with her kids. She said, I noticed two streams of thinking in my brain because she said she had PTSD and uh, was just, you know, all her life working to get rid of all the trauma. And she said Mm -hmm. familiar trauma thoughts were interspersed. And then she started seeing the writing on the page. And pretty soon mm-hmm. it got more and more and she noticed a qualitative difference, she said. And she came to use this exercise as an opportunity to gain traction and seeing what was going on with her brain. And as we make those connections, we see such a huge change. And she goes on and says how it just, it added a piece. And it can just tell mm-hmm. you something else about the power of the midline. I had a young man named Ryan, a sixth grader, and he had Tourette's. And so he ticked, Mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of different ticks. And, you know, in middle school, oh, poor thing. That was so hard. And I had a a, uh, Meredith was the psychologist in the school. And to have uh, in the case studies, they have more kids, of course, than they can see one-on-one. So they come into the classrooms and observe them and keep track of them. And she's the one that came up to me and she said, this is incredible. As I see you do that writing aid with the whole classroom, I noticed that Ryan not only doesn't tick in your class anymore, but he doesn't tick all the way through the, the school day. Mm. So we mm. found, and this is what Dr. Daniel Amen, as we know, is a famous um, psychiatrist who does uh, spec scans of uh, b- the brain. And he said that he was looking for what was an exercise or what were people, what did they have in common in their brain scans and, and their behavior that kept them from having Alzheimer's or dementia. What? So he took a group of older people did not have any dementia, any signs of it in their brain scans, and then asked what were their lifestyle. And he found that the interesting commonality was they all worked with their hands bilaterally, usually mm. with crocheting or knitting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the right, you, do you see how that going around the midline yep. is the yep. same? And he says what this does, it's amazing, is that um, when we, we saw it, but we didn't know to put words to it, that he said it, it of course balances the cerebellum. You know, that's the back mm-hmm. part of the brain mm-hmm. that gives mm-hmm. you balance. The cerebellum, which of course is... Uh, takes about 10% of the brain, but 50% of our neurons are in the cerebellum. He says it helps the three M's, memory, mood, and movement. 
Now we hmm. knew cerebellum always work well. That's that's what um, OTs and PTs work a lot on, particularly OTs, is the balance and the cerebellum. But we know that 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 has helped movement and with everything. Kids uh, can ride right. bikes right. after they do the midline movement. They mm-hmm. can suddenly mm-hmm. tie their shoes. They can go down the stairs heterolaterally instead of one at a time. Right, so, right. Changes so fast. I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Um, I've just been processing while you're talking, and I'm thinking about how um, I am always encouraging uh, families to give their kids a natural childhood. And so, to me, that means they're going to they're going to spend time outside. They're going to be running and playing, and they're going to be building forts. And I think there is a lot less of that going on with um, with kids in their childhood right now, and um, because we're so. We, we have a, a, you know, an educational system and a culture that pushes early, you know, early education, just immediately throwing them into, you know, book work and all of that. And this is why I'm, I am such a strong believer in an unhurried approach to homeschooling, you know, starting out gently and in eventually slowly adding incrementally as they're ready, but giving them that opportunity to spend a lot of time outside, to do things that they naturally do. And I think that when they do those things, like when we're baking together and when they're building forts, blanket forts, and they're outside and they're running and they're playing and they're digging and they're doing all these things, so much of that midline is is they're getting that crossing of I, the midline. I can't agree more. I We mm-hmm. saw the deterioration when we went from sandbox kindergartens which is exactly mm-hmm. what we should be having, to now mm-hmm. not only reading, but but uh, learning a second language. They say, no, oh their brains goodness. aren't ready for that. You can you can no. teach a monkey to do a certain amount of things or a, a mouse to go right. through a, a, right. a, a you know, matrix, but no, you're not, their brain is not ready for it. They, in fact, even when they say, well, we're going to do cursive in first grade, the brain isn't ready for that. Let's mm-hmm. do brain mm-hmm. ready kinds of things. And mm-hmm. you're absolutely true. How do we get the brain ready? But almost every mom I talked to, and they said, my last comment to you before we hang up is, put the books on the shelf and have play summer. Oh, but they're so yes. behind in math. They said, no, we're going to teach you how to do math with so many memory hooks. It says you mm-hmm. only need to do that if you're, you're counting on repetition in a workbook. I said, no. Right. And so the first thing we have them do, we call them healing teaching sessions. So we do a reading session that's healing teaching, a math session, all without the book, our mm-hmm. workbooks. So we say the first thing you have to do is be brave. When we talk about that in our next podcast about how to set up lessons, so you see a two-year growth in reading, three-year growth mm-hmm. in in spelling, how we're going to do it, but it's totally um, uh, breaks the, all the rules, which we put. Every, which certainly the parents are going to use those workbooks mm-hmm. to give them leading, but they're not going to have the children do them. And the other thing that you're talked about is certainly our iPads and our TVs and mm-hmm. our all our electronics. We need to get them outside. Movement, mm-hmm. we now know, is a huge part of learning, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't know that. Our we really knew that back forty years ago. 
Yes, yes. And, and this is why I wrote The Unhurried Homeschooler. Yes, I love that book. I just, I just had so many, I would see so many moms just struggling trying to get their kids to, yes. you know, write an essay in yes. second grade. Yes. A second grade boy, I'm like, no, 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 no. He does not need to be doing that right now. And the exactly. interesting thing is that when you wait and you're patient and you just sort of go with nature, which the way God created our kids, yes. when they finally get there, they take off like crazy. I agree. It's amazing. So they say, yeah, but they're not there yet. They're behind. They say, oh, wait, a third grade or fourth grade. It'll all exactly. come to. But biking and hiking and mm-hmm, skipping mm-hmm. and trampoline and all of that is connecting the brain. We don't have to yes. do all the exercises if we do all of that because they naturally do it by themselves. Playing croquet, eye hand. I mean, it's just on and on. But you know what that requires is a fair amount of input from the parent and a lot of bravery. We have to be brave and just believe that that this is all coming to pass. And it's there. You keep track of it. And some things you kind of fill in a little bit of remedial, but not much. You're right. Go with where the brain is. So our brain, when we don't have brain friendly, uh, teaching as much because we think, so I always say, they don't learn very well with that offending utensil in their hand. Mm-hmm. The writing mm-hmm. isn't often the road to learning until the fourth grade. Then, right, so right. we're going to do some, but yeah, I'm 100% exactly for you. Mm-hmm. My concern mm-hmm. is I don't want any parent out there to feel guilty also right. that they did that all wrong. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, things mm-hmm. will correct themselves. You ask God, he'll show you all sorts of ideas. So That's right. That's right. Saying, and, and like you said, you need to be courageous. You need to be brave. You need to be... I remember just feeling like I was the defender of my kid's childhood uh-huh. and I was not going to let anybody or anything come in and encroach on on that, which could have been, you know, lots of activities, scheduling us out for all these different classes and different things. We didn't do any of that. Yes. Um, the kids were older. When they got a little bit older, they did classes once a week. But we were home and they played outside and they played with each other. And um, we gave them that margin every day in the afternoon to just follow their interests and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, do the things that they just wanted to do, you know, and they valued that time. And uh, even as adults now, they say, you know, we're so grateful that you gave us a childhood. Like we, we talk to other people and they... They did not have near the experiences we had. And yet that whole time though, they were outside um, and then they were building blanket forts and they were doing whatever, drawing, Perfect. whatever they wanted to do. They they uh, they were learning. I knew they were learning. Yes. They were making con- brain connections there. Yes. And when it's their idea and they initiate it. Interest driven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, it makes such a difference. But you know, you were going to talk about identifying blocked learning Yes, dates. yes. So mm-hmm. many, uh, I get so many calls and parents say, you know, I, I can't, we're waiting so long to see a psychologist or, or, or they said that they're uh, low IQ and that's nothing we can do and et cetera. And I mm-hmm. say, okay, all right, let's just do what I did. Of course, I needed to give all those um, IEPs and needed to do the testing, but that did not drive my instruction. Mm-hmm. My instruction and mm-hmm. correction was driven by what learning gate is blocked, how can we unblock it, and let's see then later on we add right brain strategies so they learn how to use a photographic memory so we're not relegated to just us one way of learning. And so, so you know, so I just took from the, the, you know, the testing, the IQ testing and the um, uh, and, and it's 
all the characteristics that they would say that this is this. And I said, okay, it's a gate. We're going we're going to work on that. And again, this was, I believe, all Holy Spirit driven because I'm not that smart to figure all of this out. But this is just so, so uh, helpful for parents. We give them a checklist and they can download it. I believe you have mm-hmm. it on your um on your website, is that correct? Is that where you have them, Dorinda? The downloads for this podcast. Um, I I'm actually will put them in the show notes, the podcast show notes. Yes, that'd okay. be perfect. The identifying block learning gates. A parent checklist, so then you know what to do. So then all year we just work on them. It takes 20 minutes a day. We just incorporate it once a day, and pretty soon they're we're just going to notice that everything's getting easier. So in the checklist, as they look at it, if they 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 have it in front of them, they can look at it. Otherwise, this is what it looks like. So we have four learning gates, which means that we can get information into our head in four different ways. And we use all four of them often right at the same time. But we want to see the child, like for Mac, I needed to see why this young man had so much good instruction, had a good brain, but he was not making any progress in reading. Was it because his eyes were flipping all over? The words were flipping Mm -hmm. everywhere? Was it auditory? So first I checked his eyes. So with your child, you just, instead of, um, when you have them read to you, instead of reading it, watching the words, whether they get them right or not, watch their eyes. For saccadic mm-hmm. eye movements, do the eyes go, they're supposed to go left to right, come back and sweep again, left to right. We call saccades basically extraneous eye movements where suddenly they look up or they have to look back to that last page, last sentence. Watch their eyes. And if they are, especially if they're calling a D a B or was saw or on no, you see how that, it's like the midline is a a mirror. It hits a boink Mm -hmm. and comes back as a reversal. That Mm -hmm. tells us Mm -hmm. the level Mm -hmm. of effort that it takes for a process that should be automatic. Visual, eye left should be automatic. If it isn't, my job, I always told my kids when they would sometimes complain about doing the writing aid exercise, I said, oh, I know it. It makes your arm tired, doesn't it? But, and you get, look at the big muscles you get, but it doesn't matter. My job, my job is to make sure when you leave this classroom that you won't even think about a reversal. It's mm-hmm, all gone mm-hmm. and writing will be easy. Head to hand, you'll right. no longer have the block. But I always consider that my job. So I never right. circled, by the way, B's and D's on anything because they can't change mm-hmm. it. That's not their job. Mm-hmm. That's right. yeah, mine. So right. anyway, if Got they it. read reversals after age seven, that's a marker that you need to give them a stronger midline and you can do it at home. Or if right. they look at a book and they start yawning right away. It's amazing mm-hmm. to see. They just start yawning even before it's done. Well, it's because the visual input is too much for them. What do we do? Right. Yeah, we're going to do, right. we're going to get rid of that. Or they need to, to use a finger to track when they're older. Of course, when they're younger, they right. use it. But if they need that, right. or oral reading has no fluency to it. Or smart kids who don't want to read. Often they just have so much eye fatigue. So then they say, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to do this visual exercise. Or what if they, then what if, um, how could I have child if Mac had an auditory processing problem, which some guys, you know, though eye tracking's fine, but they can't remember phonics. They can't, mm-hmm. they, you've, you're on your 11th phonics program. Right, right, oh, right. Or right. If auditory is a, is a, a bigger hit. 
than visual processing. So we we know that we're going to work on that more, but we expect good results and we get them. If reading is right. more than two years, two years or more behind grade level, that's an auditory processing problem. Okay. It isn't okay. just visual. They can they can switch those little things around pretty fast, but have to work harder. But auditory means that then they are they're. They can't remember the sounds. The left mm-hmm. brain gives the, the mm-hmm. unit, the right mm-hmm. brain gives the sound, it doesn't come out. So or if they sound out the same word over and over in a story, and you find yourself, say, don't you remember, I always tell parents, the three most useless words that you can use would be, don't you remember? Mm-hmm. Because if they mm-hmm. remembered, you'd like notice, right? Right. <laughs> Exactly. Everybody would notice. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because everything you're saying, these are like things that we observe as we're doing, just doing the normal things with our kids. It's it's not something to panic about. It's no, it's, it's basically just we're observing yep. and we're learning something. So oh, we noticed this, and so um, I may not fully understand the ramifications of what's happening here, but I know that we can do a few simple things to help fix that. Right. And I say, so, and I think that's really the point of the podcast. The, the, yeah, the point of the podcast is you observe your child. Now we're going to observe it in a little more targeted manner. And now right. we're going to say, oh, okay, if they have this, then they need that. So, in other words, it's right. just a the correction matches the glitch and you can watch it throughout the year right. as the glitch right. gets less and less and less until by the right. end of the year. Normally, I always tell my boys, I love them, but I want to get rid of them because right. Right. <laughs> they well, don't belong I, in my know. remedial class. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, it's interesting because um, I, I think about, I did a talk last weekend at a conference called um, Sustainable Homeschooling and I sort of compared it to sustainable farming. And one of the things, uh, one of the points in my talk is for every problem that crops up, take a step back and watch how things connect because observation followed by creativity is your biggest ally. And I Ooh, thought that is just, put. yeah, see that, that's something like that it. someone said who was a sustainable farmer and it was about farming. But I thought this applies to homeschooling and teaching our children as well. We Every time a problem crops up, we don't have to panic. We can step back and say, okay, we're just going to observe and watch how things are connecting or not connecting. Um, and then we're going to follow that up with creativity and how we're going to help fix that little glitch or that lack of I connection. Love it. We, would, we would be so good in the same classroom <laughs> because they think so. But people would say, so then we would, I would, you know, they asked me to do in-services and then you know, college classes, etc. But so they would say, so how did you get all this? I said, observed. I mm-hmm. just plain observed. Yes. So I didn't yes. look at the words and mark down how many they got right. I right. watched their right. eyes. Yes. I watched if they yes. would always turn their head to one side. You know, and I think that's interesting because you're basically saying instead of looking at whether they're making this letter right or that letter right, let's let's look at something else. Let's watch something else. And that's kind of yes. what it seems yes. like you do is you redirect the parents to, okay, quit looking at the just the results and look at what might be happening that's getting those results. Um, that's and, right. They have a, We all have only so much battery energy to learn. That's right. Dr. Mel that's Levine right. talks about them and, and so well. He's a pediatrician. And if we have to use battery energy to just turn things around correctly, they were. It's going to be school is going to be hard, and they're not going to be able yeah. to reach their potential. So we no. say, all right, that's 
cool because we now we know how to connect. It's basically they're saying, I have a disconnection here. I love disconnection there. And we put that together and they right. are not having to use so much energy to learn. And pretty right. soon they're free to learn the way they yep. want to. And then again, going back to the fact that these midline exercises cover such a wide range. Oh, they gamut, do. That it's, that it's not going to require moms to have a degree, a degree in anything. <laughs> just it's just a simple take twenty minutes a day, and I, I've actually really enjoyed doing them with our son. And and the interesting thing is, I, I, I'm picturing this because um, this is kind of what happens at our house. But I know that even in homeschooling, um, I'm, I'm picturing the moms doing these exercises, doing them sort of at the beginning of your homeschooling day. Yeah. Because at that point you have their attention yes. and they're concentrating and they're they're doing these exercises and everything is kind of like, you know, uh, lining up and, and just go straight into your schoolwork. And uh, you may find a difference very quickly very right quickly. off the bat. That's right. Or they yeah. may have meltdowns yeah. and then you begin bargaining. So right. <laughs> Or bribing, as you said. It's not bribing. That's oh, whatever well. we need. And I tell you, it just is uh, like, for example, my, some of my boys wanted to race when we were doing the writing aid exercise. And, uh, you know, we gave them all sorts of incentives. And five of my middle school boys, so one would just be racing. And so I gave him a little ticket to have a lunch with me. Mm. And when he had lunch with me, at, we did the writing aid again, of course, because if you go too mm -hmm. fast, the brain can't connect. It's not a racetrack. Right. And so right. um, I said, I'm so, I really enjoyed our lunchtime. I said, would you have lunch with me tomorrow? No. <laughs> 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 oh, really? Just because we do the writing aid during lunch? You don't want to do it? Oh, that's so, so funny. So in other oh, words, that's right. So they can do it by themselves or they can do it with right. you or they can do it, you know, et cetera. Right. But the, I always just right. said, that's my job. My job mm -hmm. is to give you a midline. And so this is, mm -hmm. I don't know any other way to do it. And this is right. one of them. So at any rate, yeah. Yeah, this is the beauty of it. And it's number one, I have the bottom of my page says, there's no downside to doing mm -hmm. no, midline no, exercise. There that just before we were getting together here, I have on, um, on my desk, I have a writing aid exercise and I do that. Just did that because the flow of words when you write, the flow of words when you speak. We have so many kids that were nonverbal. My PTs and OTs when they write their, their letters, their, excuse me, their assignments. And uh, the, these guys are sometimes 17 and 18, 19, and they're almost nonverbal. And they say that words start coming to them because mm. of the fact that you're making connections. Remember, there's left, right, top, bottom, and back right. front part of the brain, expressive, receptive to expressive. Of all things, we can at least make headway towards yeah. connecting and then maybe somebody else to have another idea. Certainly want right. to do fats and oils, right. but there's somebody right. else to have another idea like training, brain training with music. You know, there's many mm -hmm. other ways to open up pathways. I always say there are a thousand ways that God has created for us to be healed. Mm -hmm. All we need to find mm -hmm. is one. And right. so we're That's right. Yeah, right. one and then go well, with it and have confidence. But otherwise yes. these guys who have an undiagnosed dysgraphia, they are lazy. They look like they're lazy, sloppy, and unmotivated. And mm -hmm. really, they're just having to climb over a brick wall from left right. to right, right. <laughs> that you do, right. can't see. So we really honor yeah. their effort. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Diane, it's been great to have you on today and we're going to do another podcast, mom. So if you'll listen in to the next podcast, we're going to talking about, we're going to be talking about right brain teaching strategies and how they make our kids actually feel smart Um, because we know they are smart, right? (laughs) Smart part of Um, themselves. It's right there. That's that's right. Um, So anyway, uh, Thank you again for being here, and I'd love it if you would just close in a word of prayer. Father, we're just so grateful that you have given us the knowledge and the ability to use the good things that you have prepared for us on earth, and you've exposed them to us. Nothing hidden that won't be revealed. You answer prayer. You give us ideas we didn't even know existed, and thank you that we just do this for all your glory and honor, and we thank you because you are the one who gives us everything that we need that is good. And so we say, God, you are not only good, you are absolutely good. Jesus name. Thank you. Amen. Amen.